Restoration Basics. This is the Preparatory Podcast. My name is Sam Jordison. I'm joined with a couple others here, and I'll let them introduce themselves in a few moments. But we just want to talk about what we're going, what we are going to talk about um, on this episode. Traditionally, we've been going through the Book of Mormon and just discussing chapter by chapter what's going on in the chapter and how we can apply that in our own lives. But we wanted to do something a little bit different every now and then, so. As we wrapped up First Nephi, we kind of thought it'd be great to have a, a, a different kind of episode. And so this episode isn't necessarily guided um, or follows a chapter, a certain chapter in any form. It's just us talking about things that are important to us, that, that we see are, are foundational um, aspects, or maybe even you could call them basics of the restoration type movement. And so um, I'm joined with two others. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. I'm Andrew Smith. Jason Gain. And to kick this episode off, I want to do something a little different. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say a word and you can tell me what that stirs up in you, what brings to mind, but our first word is Jesus. I would say Christianity. I'd say hope. Okay. So that's the first thing that comes to your mind. Christianity yeah. is the first Well, way to outshine me, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so that well, that's a good train of thought. So, if I say Christianity, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Church, like Sunday service, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> say uh, relationship. That's what I think of. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's. I know a lot of people try and put it in that terms. It's like Christianity isn't a religion; it's a relationship between me and God, me and Christ. All right, I got one more for you, and this is well, actually let's see, let's we might have two more, but um, the gospel that. That brought hope again. <laughs> Jason's just a man I'm, I'm with just, a I just, of hope. I just need that hope. <laughs> I'd say the kingdom. Okay, so you say the kingdom, which uh, maybe that was our last one, because what I kind of wanted to talk about today was the kingdom of God and its foundational, it its need to be a part of the foundation we build on when we talk about our beliefs and, and why we do what we do and why even the Book of Mormon is so important. It's the kingdom of God. And it's one of those things that, if you're in a, a Sunday Sunday service, like we talked about at church, or in Christianity, if you're at church, and they say the gospel of the kingdom or the kingdom of God, it almost just gets glossed over because it's like, okay, I've heard that term before and move on. But like so many other fundamental things, you have to have a grasp of it before you can move forward in your walk. I used to play football, and you had to have certain fundamentals depending on the position you're playing and you couldn't get better as a player in that position unless you kept those fundamentals with you in, in your play and on a much more important scale now that's not high school athletics <laughs> um, is our walk with Christ and, and Jesus and and what he taught and we have to keep those fundamentals with us. Andrew and I had the chance have had the chance and still when we are able to meet with a, a mentor of some sorts who's was able to teach us a little bit of his classes and he took us on some missionary trips. Andrew, you mentioned Nepal last episode and I've talked about, or maybe I haven't, but I've been to Rwanda and um, we've both been to Canada and Jason, you and I have been on home visits. We've all three been on one home visit before. Mm -hmm. I think the kingdom was something we've talked about before just because it keeps getting brought up. But this is something that a lot of people might miss and you say, why was Jesus sent? That's a that's a question for you guys. Why, if if you were to go ask someone on the street, say they're a Christian, and you say, "Why was Jesus sent for us?" What do you think they'd say? To save us. Yeah, I feel like the most uh, 
well, I feel like the most given answer would probably be to to show us an example or to show us love or to save our souls. Yeah. And I, I think some people, maybe maybe that's just my thinking that some people have missed the mark. mark and, and I got to be really careful how I say this here because I think a lot of people, if you say, why was Jesus sent? It would be the answer they would come up with. Well, he was sent to die for us to take our sins. And that is such an important important part of who Jesus is and his sacrifice means so much without it there is no hope that you talked about Jason there's no or 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 down a well and there's no rope so um going with that thought in mind I don't want to say anyone's wrong in that I value that truth very highly but in Luke in the the book of Luke and here I said we weren't going to get into the scriptures too much but we are going to keep them around um in chapter 4 and, and we use this on missionary trips and in home visits and stuff all the time. But you say, well, why was Jesus sent? And here in the Luke chapter 4, verse 40, 43, he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And so Jesus' whole mission is wrapped up in this kingdom of God. And you can actually walk through the book of Luke chapter by chapter, and you're going to find that he mentions the kingdom of God. Luke mentions the kingdom of God. And his disciples and his apostles and his, you know, the 70 are preaching the kingdom of God. So what, what is it? I mean, foundationally, what is it to us today? What, what do we need to take from this? I guess is my question to you. I would have said before we took these classes, I would have said that the kingdom is kind of uh, interchangeable with Zion. Yeah, I had that thought too yeah. for a long time, actually, right. that, yeah. that you could say Zion or the kingdom whenever and it wouldn't matter which one you're talking about because but we know that there's a difference and and maybe we'll get into that a little bit in this episode but constantly jesus is saying this and as the cornerstone of our faith if you're going to call yourself a christian then that means insinuates that christ is at the center of your faith and if christ is at the center of your faith then his teachings and what he's what he's about needs to also be what we're about what we're focused on and so i guess let's Let's dive into the kingdom in a, in a I don't know, casual sense, uh, a relaxed setting. <laughs> um, the kingdom, yeah, you pointed out something very important, um, that it's a spiritual state. Um, when Jesus was tried by the, when he was tried at his trial and they asked him, you know, where is this kingdom? He said, well, it's, it doesn't come by observation. You're not going to say low here or low there. It's, it's something that's already come unto you. And here were the Jews who were looking for this physical kingdom to overthrow the Romans, have this mighty king that would just wreck everything in its path, or everyone in his path that stood in opposition. And Christ said, no, the kingdom's already here for you. And so using that example, it's here for us today still. And so when someone steps up on the, the rostrum to behind the pulpit and starts preaching and mentions the kingdom of God, what do you, what do we take from that? Um, how do we apply that in our lives? What is it? It still doesn't even answer the question, but a starting point is the scripture of uh, seek you first to build up the kingdom of God and establish his righteousness. When I think of that, I'm thinking of the establish his righteousness part. And that includes being righteous yourself and trying to bring people to Christ so they can have that relationship with him and um, also be righteous. Yeah. Relating that to a scripture from Romans, it says the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so when we have those things in the Holy Ghost, and it's important that we have that 
kind of clarifier at the end. Uh, we can't find righteousness, peace, or joy somewhere else and say we have the kingdom or say we're um, really in a right place in our relationship with God. Um, but when we have those things through the Holy Ghost, that's when we are in that kingdom. Yeah. It, was, it gives you a definition right there that it's righteousness, peace, and joy. And then he's so when he's telling you to seek after those things and seek ye first the kingdom of God, he's telling you this stuff is this righteousness, this peace and joy. This is this is going to be more valuable to you than money or whatever else, whatever other physical object you wanted um, or tangible thing. And that stems back, you know, you could you could use the the saying money never was or um, money. What am I trying to say? money doesn't buy happiness i think sorry i messed up on that too um you could cross uh reference that with alma when alma says you know he tells the son wickedness never was happiness these things that you search for aren't going to be this lasting this lasting joy that we talked about with the tree of life uh, of the love of god because there's something there's something bigger and that righteous peace and joy um as fruits of the spirit how do you get those we talk about those a lot I learned a song that I then forgot as a kid about the fruits of the Spirit, so I can't sing it for you today. But the fruits of the Spirit, you find them in Galatians? Galatians and Ephesians. Galatians and Ephesians. Let's just talk a little bit about fruits of the Spirit and what they are. And I think it's important to think of it this way. It's not important maybe to say it this way. But I was corrected once um, because I, I was saying fruits of the Spirit and someone told me, no, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And when one shows up, they all show up because they're all the same fruit. It's not like you can pick and choose which ones you want. If you have the Spirit with you, you have these things with you. Or they're yeah. all coming from the same thing. And so, it I don't know, it wasn't. So this is this is I guess I would ask them that I don't disagree I think that's cr- correct that if you have the full spirit of the Lord with you then those things are going to be evident but also we know that you can have different measures of the spirit like sometimes the spirit is a much more powerful experience than other times and other times it's just not it's quieter it's not working with you the same way maybe because of other things other things in your life but I don't know I just I wonder if because I feel like there's times when you're like, oh, well, I really had peace today when that's really what I needed. And, and maybe you were lacking in some areas. I don't know. But you're right. That is the fruit of the spirit. That when, you really, when you're really where you're supposed to be, then those things are all going to be evident there. Yeah. It, it's not those things you can't have without the spirit, basically, because it's the fruit of the spirit. And the starting point is the spirit, not vice versa. Yeah. There's a, a sermon preached on the, the fruit of the Spirit, and I really appreciate it because it put it into, you know, natural fruit um, comes from if you take an apple or so, and you say, well, there's an apple tree, and the tree grows, and it's watered, and it has enough sunlight, and all these nutrients in the soil, so it grows healthily, and, you know, is there anything that tree can do to stop it from producing fruit? No. It just happens naturally. It just, the apples come. Because that's what the tree was designed to do. And it's the same with the Spirit. It's not like you can have the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, and just say, mm, no. <laughs> I don't want to exhibit this fruit. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, you can't, can't not have the, the Spirit of God and say, I want to exhibit this, this fruit in its true sense. You know, I think you could, you could maybe do some things out of pride, maybe act 
act a certain way because you want to puff yourself up. But truly, if you want those that fruit, then you got to have the spirit. You got to have the source. You got to have the tree, the spirit tree, as we sometimes refer to in our home visits. <laughs> sometimes it wakes the kids up a little bit. It's like, oh, you need a spirit tree. <laughs> they don't grow very well in Missouri. So. <laughs> and, and something with having the spirit that would uh, bring those fruits. And, and love is one of those uh, fruits, but it's also interconnected with really everything else and uh, bringing that spirit to you. So going on from our idea of a spirit tree and that love being the central, the central force of that um, desire, you got to wonder, well, how do you get the, how do you get the source? How do you get the spirit with you? And from my That would be my next question is, how do you, you see something you want, you see something that's preached about and you're like, okay, that kingdom of God, I recognize that it is a desirable thing. And I read the scriptures and I see that this love that Nephi talks about is a very desirable thing. He says it's the most desirable thing. So I also recognize that it's a spiritual, it's spiritual fruit from that spirit. How do I get that spirit? How do I nurture that in a way that I can have it? Would be my next question. I don't know. So, if someone came up to you on the street and was like, "Hey, I see you got a, you got the the fruit of the spirit." Short answer: I just say it comes with a relationship with God, like hand in hand. If you're progressing in your relationship with God, you're, you're increasingly getting more of the Spirit in your life. And um, obviously, there are some things that you can do to quicken that relationship or to quicken the. Uh, probably measure of the spirit that you can receive or have at that time. But it short answer is just that relationship, I guess. Yeah. And how do you, well, there's a scripture in John then, I guess that we can touch on that. How do you know God? Cause that's what, if you want to, you want to have a relationship with someone, you want to know them. Um, we use this example too. Sometimes is that, you know, you can know someone like I know, I don't know. Who's your favorite actor, Jason? I don't I have one, but on let's, let's just say Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, so Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> if, if you can know everything about Jake, I, I don't know if we're on a first-name basis, but I'm just going to say Jake because it's easier <laughs> than saying Gyllenhaal the whole time. Um, you can know everything about him. You can go on IMDb and search up his birthday. You can see where he went to high school probably. You can see where he graduated uh, from college if he went to college anywhere. You can know all his film work and his relationship status and if you go to a parade or a, a movie premiere and he's walking down the red carpet and you know you're waving at him and you're like hey jake what's up and does he know you no no there's not a relationship there it's like very one-sided type deal of jason knows everything about jake gyllenhaal and jake doesn't know <laughs> anything about jason besides He's got a loud screaming voice and he's a big fan of whatever movie is coming out next. And the relationship doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Because there's no point to Jason's knowledge if he's not going to use it to allow Jake to know him as well. Or, or if Jake doesn't want to know him yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. But that's the cool thing about God in a relationship with God that you touched on is having that relationship with God, the Father, or with Christ is so important. And how do you get that? You know, you know God but does he know you? And there's a, a really important scripture that we try not to, not to let get skipped over. And that's in Matthew. It's kind of eye opening, actually, how crazy it is. Jesus is speaking to, to the people here in Matthew seven in verse 30. People have come to Christ and he's saying, 
Verily I say unto you, it is not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, that shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. And there you have an example, just like Jake with <laughs> Jason with Jake Gyllenhaal, of, you know, Jason knew, knew, knew Jake, but it's not everyone who says, yo, Jake Gyllenhaal, that's going to get into the movie premiere. It's not everyone who's saying, you, you know, can win the trivia night yeah. <laughs> featuring Jake Gyllenhaal facts, but won't get you on the red carpet. Yeah, it won't. And, and so you're left with that question, well, how do you know God better? And he goes on to say in verse uh, 31, he's talking about those people who he doesn't know. He says, for the day soon cometh that men shall come before me to judgment, to be judged according to their works. And many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy day name done many wonderful works? And then will I say, ye never knew me, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And it's also worth pointing out that some versions of the scriptures say, depart from me, ye that are lawless, that don't have, that don't have law. Um, but there you have an example of, of someone having a very one-sided relationship with, with Christ. And apparently they were doing some mighty things. They were doing some casting out devils, healing the sick, doing what, um, prophesying, prophesying. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, didn't make the cut. So what, so what does make the cut then if that doesn't do it? <laughs> it kind of alludes to it. I mean, he, he does allude to it. Uh, he says, you never knew me, uh, depart from me, ye that w- work iniquity. So he's saying people that didn't know him and chose not to know him are working iniquity. And so it kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, well, how do you know God? Well, how do you know Christ? And, oh, are we doing the things he's asked us to? That's how we know we know him, you know? Um, how we, I mean, he's just said, this is how you know if you know me, if you obey the will of my Father. And and so, and just going back to the relationship, if you're not working towards the progression of that relationship with you and God, then uh, you're really sliding back down into that well on your own accord. I mean, it's your own decision to slide mm-hmm. back down there yeah earlier on it does tie in kind of the fruit stuff it says a, a corrupt tree cannot bear forth good fruit and uh, by their fruits that you should know them yeah sometimes those fruits are hard to know though i mean you know what was their motivation for growing the fruit or what was you know what was behind them which is where the spirit's so important on discernment yeah you, you don't always know who actually is corrupt so bringing it all the way trying around to bring it back to the kingdom of God, which we started with kind of the theme of this episode. We're finding that the spirit and the fruits thereof, the fruit thereof is so important that it can't, it can't be a, it can't be a missed opportunity or it can't be a missed foundational step. And so when someone comes up and says, Hey, look, these efforts are for the kingdom of God. We need to be working in the kingdom of God. We got to translate that in our, in our mind and say, okay, one, what's being said here is, is basically we need to be working for the efforts of the kingdom, which we translate as the spirit needs to be working with us. We need to be bearing that fruit. And another point you can make, which is a, such a simple point, is if you can take yourself back to whenever you were four or five years old and you're playing either with knights and castles or you were a girl and you're playing with princesses and had dragons. And um, you can say, well, you got the, the kingdom and the kingdom of God, who's the kingdom, the kingdom of God, <laughs> it's in the name there, right there is God. And like any kingdom, the doctrine and covenants talks about this in section 85. 
has laws and you either abide within those laws or you abide outside those laws. And if you're outside those laws, you know, you put on your cowboy hat and spurs and your bandana and you're an outlaw. And cause you're living outside that law that God has set. And it's the same for the kingdom of God. And it's the same with the spirit that God has given us commandments to live within this kingdom. And we need to follow those commandments. We need to obey them to live within the kingdom of God. And one of those commandments, so important and so vital to, to be in that step, to have that spirit, to be with us, that relationship with God. And that's the simple act of uh, baptism um, that, that we know is, is, is so crucial, so, so wonderful, too. It's a wonderful covenant made between an individual and God. It's that start of that relationship. Because Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and we like to color that story up and say, you know, he came to him at night because he was scared of maybe the other Pharisees thinking of him or the Jews thinking bad of him. And we don't really know, but we know that he came at night, so it's a very real possibility. And what did Jesus say? If you want to see the kingdom of God, you got to be born again, born of the water and born of the spirit, just the baptism of water and the baptism of the fire. Obviously, it's important enough that Jesus did it himself. So, yeah, that's one of the questions, I guess some people don't, don't realize that the scriptures say very plainly, and I don't know if we can find it real quick, um, that Jesus actually baptized others after he had been baptized says he tarried there and he baptized with them. John chapter 4. Okay, John um, chapter 4. Yeah. yeah, where in verse 3 says, uh, Now the Lord knew this, talking about Jesus, though he himself baptized not so many as his disciples. So he did baptize. Just not as just, many as his disciples baptized. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's so, clearly important. Yeah, it's right. very important. And uh, we're coming up here on our, trying to do a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, we may bring back um, some of these thoughts, but... Just to wrap things up, you got if you could put it in step form that we kind of talked about tonight, is so you got the kingdom of God, and the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not meat and drink. It's not something physical. So there's a difference there between Zion and the kingdom of God. Um, but that kingdom is dwelling with God, is being with God in that relationship and his spirit being there with you. And how you stay in that kingdom is you have his spirit and it's it's bearing fruit naturally because you're keeping the commandments that you have have been given. So that's just a little uh, short episode. Do you guys have any other comments you wanted to make? I I guess I just stressed the importance of when we when we started, we started with saying what we thought about first. And I think if we were all to get to a place where if we said Jesus or Christianity or the kingdom, if you were to think the kingdom of God and a relationship with God first off for all those things instead of maybe religion or I don't know any, anything else I mean because there is an ultimate good and that is the ultimate good our relationship with God yeah the main thing I usually preach about is just fostering that relationship with God and that's through prayer study and and those things like the fruits of the spirit will manifest themselves in your lives and you'll you'll see a tangible improvement in your own life or at least a tangible joy in your life when you are focused on him and you're working to establish his righteousness and, and so yeah seek you first kingdom yeah and i want to touch on i just remember this that talked about this a little bit at the beginning is that i said that the jesus came there's more to him just dying on the cross for our sins but that that sacrifice that's so important fits in perfectly with the kingdom of god that him saying you know i was sent to preach the kingdom of god i was sent in the kingdom of god's efforts 
that sacrifice had to happen. So I, I again want to reiterate that that's not trying to minimize his sacrifice there on the cross, but that it was a part in reconciling us back to the Father, that he could be the way back, and that through that we can dwell in the kingdom of God. So I want to, if no one has any other thoughts, I just want to thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.